Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And tonight, uh, we're going to look at uh, a couple of things from the Word. And uh, uh, the two primary things that we're going to look at, uh, if I had a title for tonight, it would be Keeping the Switch of Faith Turned On. But we're also going to look along with that about assigning the power of God. Assigning the power of God, because this is so important. You have to assign the power of God and then you have to keep the switch of faith turned on. And uh, let's go over to the book of Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And we'll look at a couple of things. Because the, uh, the power of God goes where I direct it. All right, the, the power of God flows in the area that I direct it, that I open up to allow it to function and to flow. Uh, I made mention this morning, uh, you know, recently uh, I officiated uh, my dad's homegoing service. And, uh, of course, my dad was my hero, and uh, I just am so blessed by his legacy. Uh, but, you know, we, we were raised, my dad was healed early on in the, uh, the days of the voice of healing. Uh, he was born with several difficulties in his body, and, and the Lord healed him. Uh, and so from that point on, he just believed that, that God was a healer, and he taught us that way. And, uh, you know, there are things that you learn and that you remember, and one of the things that I remember growing up that I would see in different meetings was it was the people that came expecting and came with an assignment for the power of God. Those were the people that received, all right? No one has ever received that did not come expecting because there has to be an assignment for the power of God. There has to be... A, 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 a openness to the power of God in that given circumstance or situation. And so here in the book of Mark, chapter 5, uh, this is a familiar passage of Scripture, but I want you to see this. It says in verse 24, And Jesus went with him, or went with Jairus to his house, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse, when she had heard of Jesus, now watch, here's where this begins. She came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may but touch the hem of his garment or touch his clothes, Mark says, I shall be whole. 
And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And notice, Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, notice, who touched my clothes? Now, very often when we teach and preach on that, and this is everything about what I'm going to say is right, we, we talk about how she heard and uh, she said, that's all right, and we need to preach all those aspects. But here's what I want you to see. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be healed. What did she do at that moment? She gave the healing power of God an assignment. If I can touch him, I'm going to be healed. Now, that power, that virtue, that dunamis, that healing ability of God has an assignment. It has somewhere to flow. I've heard people say, why don't we see other people getting healed? There are, there are people thronging him here. Other people didn't assign it. Listen, you can come to a service in a church that believes in healing and you can sit right beside a person that needs to be healed and you can get healed and they won't get healed. Why? And people, and, and there's any number of, of reasons people come up with. Well, they didn't have faith or they didn't believe or, or whatever the case may be. Or they had this or that or the other in their life. I can tell you in its simplest terms, they did not assign the power of God. When a person comes to church on healing night or any night, and they say, when I go to church tonight, I'm going to receive my healing. I'm going to receive a touch of God in my body. I'm going to receive what I need. They have now given an assignment to whatever power is flowing in that room for it to touch them. I have to give it an assignment. And when this woman heard of Jesus, she pressed through the crowd and said, because she had said, the Bible says, for she had said, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be whole. And notice, don't let this be lost on you. Verse 30, Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Not who touched me. Who touched my clothes? What did she say? If I can touch his clothes, I'll be whole. I don't know why she said clothes. I don't don't know. One says the hem of his garment. I don't know why she said that. But I know she gave that virtue. Brother Hagin would say virtue. she, She gave that virtue an assignment. Amen. In this building, there are light switches on the wall. They are light switches. The lights in different quadrants in this building are wired to that switch. That switch turns on the light. There are wires that run from the switch to the light. If you need light, you have to give that light, you have to give that, that switch an assignment. You got to flip the switch. 
There's plenty of power in the building. There's plenty of electricity in this building to run everything we need. I've got to assign it a job. Amen. When, when you need something in your body, it's not enough to know He can. It's not enough to know He will. It's not enough to know it's in the Word. I've got to give it an assignment. And this woman said, I'm not just going to feel better. I'm just not going to have an alleviation of the symptoms. I will be made whole. So the assignment was wholeness. Mm. Amen. And notice what happened. Verse 34. And he said unto her, Daughter, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. What did she say? She said right here, notice, when she she said in verse 28, If I can touch his clothes, I will be made whole. What was that? An assignment was made. An assignment was given to the healing power of Jesus right there to make her whole. Right? And then in verse uh, 34, go in, fe- go in peace and be whole of your plague. Did she, was she made whole? She was made whole, wasn't she? Why was she made whole? She gave the power of God an assignment to make her whole. The power of God goes where you direct it. Hallelujah. There, there's another instance. We won't take the time to turn to it. But a, a, a blind man came to Jesus. One instance, two blind men came to Jesus. And they came to Jesus and they said, have mercy on us. And isn't it interesting, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Yeah. Isn't it pretty evident, blind people, a, bl- a blind person, what they need? They need to see. And they said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. What they just do? They gave the power of God an assignment. Give me my sight. Amen. Amen. And he said, go your way. Your faith made you whole. Hallelujah. They gave the power of God an assignment. When you go to the Lord and you give that healing power an assignment, it begins to work in you right then because I'm giving it an assignment. Uh, 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 The man that the four friends brought and tore the roof off of the house and let him down before Jesus, Jesus says, the, the word says Jesus saw their faith and said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. Well, that wasn't why he came to get his sins forgiven. He came to get healed. When they tore the hole in that roof and let that man down in front of Jesus, they gave the healing power in that room an assignment. The Bible says that the people that were in that room were sick and that the power of God was present there for a reason to heal them. But why do we only see one man getting healed? Because he's the only one that assigned the power of God an assignment. There were other people sick. The room was full of people. Stuff. It says that they tried to get in the door and they could not get in the door because of the press. So that's why they went up and tore a hole in Jesus' roof. 
How would you like to be known as the people that tore a hole in the roof of Jesus? Amen. But they did it and he got healed. But yet the room was full of sick people. They did not assign it. Amen. Do you you see this? Notice this now. You're there in Mark 5. Uh, Flip over to Mark chapter 6. We see this woman here who assigned the power of God. I want you to see something else. Uh, Verse 2 of Mark 6. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. Now, let's stop right here. Because in Luke 4, it says that Jesus went into the synagogue and that he began to preach this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to what? To heal, to set at liberty, right? To deliver. In uh, Rockwall, Texas, when Brother Hagin had the vision and he said he was praying and, you know, it had rained and rained and rained and, 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 even under the tent, it was flooded except for just a little spot. And he said they only had, I, I forget, 40, 45 people, something like that. And they were all praying. And you remember he was praying on, on the, the, the stage. And he said, I heard a voice say, come up hither. Come up here. And he said, you know, I didn't pay any attention to it. I thought somebody was up on one of the hills around there uh, uh, you know, trying to dis- disrupt the meeting. The pastor will take care of that. And uh, he said it happened a couple of other times. And he said, finally, that voice said, come up here, come up hither. And he said, so I thought, well, why aren't they taking care of that? And he said, I looked up. And he said, when I looked up, that, that tent opened up and there was Jesus saying, come up here. And of course, he was caught up into the third heaven. The reason I'm saying this is this is when the Lord put his fingers in his, in his uh, uh, right hand and, and, and talked to him about a tangible healing anointing. But he also said something else to him. He said that message in Luke chapter 4, he said that's what I taught everywhere I went. Everywhere I went, that's what I taught. So based on on that and what else we see in Scripture, it says he began to teach in the synagogue. What was he teaching? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to heal. Heal the brokenhearted, set at liberty them that are bruised, deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen? And then it goes on and says, They were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, and of Judah, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and and among his own kin and his own house. And notice this. He could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief and went about the village's teaching. He marveled because of their unbelief. And notice, 
It says, he could there do no mighty work except he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. Now, notice, I, I, I want you to follow this along. So the, what he did do was mighty works. Because it says he could do there no mighty work except he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. Rick Renner, Greek scholar, he says that when you read this in the Greek with all the, the, the words here upon a few sick folk, the word sick folk, it means the sickest of the sick. Those that were with no strength, they had to be carried there, they couldn't get there themselves. And he laid his hands on a few of them and they were healed. Now, why weren't other people healed? People say, well, they were offended at Jesus. It's part of it. But the Bible says Jesus marveled at their unbelief. When you have unbelief about a thing, you are failing to assign the power of that thing to your situation. So there were people here, there were more people in this condition. He could only heal a few of them. Why? They assigned the power. They received the assignment of that anointing. Everybody didn't. There were other, we don't know how many. If, if, if the ministry of Jesus, uh, uh, if, if, if the, the, the pattern follows true here, this place could have been packed. They were thronging the door maybe. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But if the pattern is the same, there was a multitude here because they knew Jesus was there. And this was in his own hometown. And it says he marveled. Now think about that. Why would he marvel? Because they knew what he could do. They knew the power that was within him. Everybody that approached Jesus in faith was healed. Everybody. Everyone. Nobody that had faith in the power that Jesus possessed failed to be healed. No one. Not one person. And then there are times that we see people that came to hear him that had no personal interaction with Jesus, but yet even in those instances, it says, and he healed them all. Why? Evidently, everybody in that multitude that was sick was in faith and believed he could and believed he would and assigned that healing power to their bodies. Amen. See, it can't be any different. If, if you have a multitude of people, more often than not, there's a higher chance that you're going to have more unbelief because you have higher numbers. Amen. But even in those mass crowds, Jesus in instances would heal all of them because everybody believed. Notice. Unbelief stops the assignment of the power of God. It's not non-belief, it's unbelief. Unbelief is a choice. Non-belief is ignorance. Amen. Unbelief is a choice. I choose to not believe that. 
Non-belief is ignorance. I don't know that I should believe that. Amen. Do, do you see that? They had to assign the power of God. And they failed to do it, and a few people did and received. Oh, glory to God. Do you see this? I don't care how many people aren't, I am. I don't care how many people don't, I am. I want to assign the power of God. Say it out loud. I'm assigning the healing power of God to touch my body tonight, to heal me where I need to be healed. And to keep me from sickness. And keep me from disease. In Jesus name. Amen. When uh, the night that my father was healed. uh, There was a woman there. And uh, I always loved this story. Because she came and and when she came she had a a little child. A little boy if I remember correctly. And uh, one of those. that, That child's foot. It's right foot. I believe it is, is right, was turned completely around backwards. It was club-footed, turned completely around backwards. And uh, the, past, the uh, uh, evangelist, Dr. L.C. Roby, laid hands on that little boy. And when he did, the testimony is in front of all those people, that foot turned around, just turned around. And the mother began to say this, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. And she pulled a sack out from under her arm And on the way to church, she had stopped and bought that baby a new pair of shoes. Now, people say, what did that have to do with anything? She gave that healing power an assignment. My child will be healed tonight. Amen. She gave it an assignment. And so, very often, when you say things like, when you come to church... Set yourself in faith and be believing that what you need you're going to receive. What you need to hear you're going to hear. You are now giving the power of God an assignment. You're assigning it a direction. Amen. That, that, that's why you will see people. People can come to church and never change. People can come to church and nothing ever gets any better. And, and in, 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 not just physically, in other areas. And, and yet there are other people in that church that they're getting healed, their needs are being met, their life is changing, everything's turning around. What's the difference? God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't respect standing. He doesn't, res- right? He does respect faith. And that person sitting there that's receiving all those blessings, they're not looking into it. They assigned it. They gave it an assignment. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Over and over again we see that in Scripture. Over and over again we see that. That people would give the power of God an assignment. And when they would do that, when Jairus came to Jesus, we read there in Mark chapter 5, he came to Jesus and he came to him and he said, Uh, uh, My daughter is at home at the point of death, but if you will come and lay your hands on her, she'll be healed and live. What did he do at that moment? He assigned the power of God in Jesus to the healing of his daughter. 
And when, the, when they came and they said, your daughter is dead, that's why Jesus turned and, and very abruptly said, don't be afraid, keep on believing. Keep on believing what? What you've assigned the power of God to do. Amen. Once you assign the power of God, you've got to keep the switch of faith turned on. You've got to keep the switch on. You've assigned it, don't shut off. The power. Amen. Listen. When you turn on a light switch, it looks instant, but it's not. If you had a time lapse or, or a, a, a camera or something, you, you would see that there is, there is however long, a split second, a millisecond, whatever it is, before that light comes on. It's nearly instant, but it's not instant. All right? But when you flip that switch, see, you're giving it an assignment. I need light in the room. And when you give that light an assignment, you got to keep the switch on. Because if you go over there and turn the switch off, you just broke the connection. Something that changed my life years ago was when I heard Brother Copeland say something. He said that a seed, if, if the curse was not on the earth, every seed that's ever planted would perpetually bring forth. Praise God. But because there's a curse on the earth, there's cycles and seasons. But we're redeemed from the curse. And the word of God, they, the word says, is incorruptible seed. So when you plant the seed of the word of God, it just perpetually brings forth. Unless I stop the miracle action. How do I stop the miracle action? Turning the switch of faith off. How do I turn the switch of faith off? With what I say, with how I act, with what I believe. Amen. When somebody has hands laid on them, for instance, and, and Scripture says, let's go over there and look at it. Am I helping you tonight? In Mark chapter 16. We are going to be the most healed bunch that this city has ever seen. Amen. Amen. We're going to have people saying, well, if you want to be sick, don't go to that church because you can't stay sick there. Amen. Amen. We're going to be so well, well, people call us well. Amen. Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Is that what it says? So when hands are laid on me, I am supposed to expect recovering. So... When I come up in a prayer line or I come up in a, in, a, in, a, in a healing meeting, my mindset is this. When hands are laid on me, I will receive my healing and I will recover. What have I done? I've assigned the power of God that is released when hands are laid on me to recover me of my sickness. Right? But when a person comes up and they have hands laid on them, 
Right then, that power was assigned. Because we're doing this in faith. Anything that you do, that anything that you see in the Word and you act on in faith, God is honor-bound to, to, to honor it. When you lay hands on somebody in faith, according to Mark 16, God is honor-bound to honor what you did. Why? This is His Word. And He said that if you believe, that then you should lay hands on the sick in His name, and they shall recover. Is that right? So if I believe the Word, I expect to recover. Now, but if a person says something like this, well, yeah, I had hands laid on me, but I don't feel any better. They just turned the switch of faith off. Were hands laid on you? Yes, leave it at that. Hands were laid on me, I have received. Yeah, but there's no but. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Say this, right now, the healing power is working in my body. Right now, the healing anointing is healing me of every disease and every sickness in Jesus' name. Now let that stay said. Don't, don't, don't say anything contrary to that no matter what. No matter what, that is the end result. Amen. If, if, I, if I go contrary to that, I shut the switch of faith off. The connection now is no longer made. Amen. Do you see that? Look at, look at James 5. Thank you, Father. Whew. Glory to God, glory to God. Something is turning. And, 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 I, and I'll tell you something. The, Lord's, the Lord said something to me. And you do what, with this whatever you want to do because it affects our whole, our whole church. The Lord said to me concerning our body and concerning our churches, He said, when you move into your new house, He said, it's going to be a spiritual turning point. I move into my new house tomorrow. Something is turning, right? I'm telling you what, I tell you this all the time. This thing is flowing all the way up to here right now. And the waters are troubled. I'm telling you that something is turning. Something is supercharging the atmosphere. Something big is about to occur. The world's going to see it. The nation's going to see it. People on your job are going to see it. And they will of a surety fall on their knees and say, God did that. And the power of God will get the credit. And the power of the Word will get the credit. And God will be glorified in the lives of many. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See, and, 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 and when you're thanking God, you're assigning that power. I thank you for it. 
Now, whatever you're thankful about, don't ever get over there and say anything contrary to it. You shut the switch off. And, and, and once the switch is off, the only way for the power to start flowing again is to get the switch back on. Amen. In James 5, 14, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Now, do you see that? Well, were hands laid on you? Yes. Then the next step is you're going to be raised up. Healed and raised up. Amen. Yeah, but I can't yet. Yet is the operative word. Amen. Listen. <clears throat> what does anybody have to lose in believing that they're going to recover and be whole? What, what do you have to lose in believing that? Nothing. What do you have to lose if you keep believing it's going to get worse? And I'm just going to get sicker. Well, you'll have whatever you believe. Well, hands were laid on me according to James chapter 5. So I expect to, first of all, as the scripture says, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. So, so I am saved from this sickness and the next steps, the Lord's going to raise me up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now keep the switch of faith turned on. Uh, I'll, I'll share a personal experience and then we'll, we'll look at some other things from some other people. But uh, years ago, I, uh, I, I don't know what was going on, but I just had severe, severe pain uh, in the right side of my neck and down my shoulder. And no matter what I did, I, I, I went to the chiropractor, I stretched, I, I did everything. I was, uh, I was uh, uh, declaring healing scriptures over it. And one night I was sitting in my office talking with some of my leaders and this scripture came to me. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them lay hands on him. And the, the, my pastoral staff was standing there in my office and I said, uh, gentlemen, just happened to be it was all guys, and I said, gentlemen, you know, scripture says this and I just believe if y'all lay your hands on me, I'll be healed. And uh, they came over and prayed for me and uh, I felt a sensation go through my body. Now, understand something. Whether you feel a sensation or not is irrelevant. You've acted on the Word. Action on the Word trumps whether you feel something or not. I don't need to feel if I've acted on the Word. Amen. Amen. And I did feel a sensation. I felt the power of God go into my body and instantly there was no pain. First time in I don't know how long, weeks or months. Man, it, it was just so wonderful to be in church and preach and teach with no pain. Well, about two weeks later, I got up one morning and boy, that pain was there. Now watch. You know what I said? Oh, no, you don't. Hands were laid on me two weeks ago Sunday night and I received my healing. You get off me in Jesus' name. Praise God. 
Well, what happened? Had to go. Why? I kept the switch on. I kept the assignment flowing. Amen. Brother Hagin told about the first time that he ever used that phrase, keep the switch of faith turned on. And uh, he was holding a meeting for a certain denominational church that had uh, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they went charismatic. They were in a denomination that didn't believe in that, and they all got filled with the Holy Ghost, and uh, they went charismatic, and several hundred of them had received the experience. And Brother Hagin related that he was there for eight days. <laughs> and during that eight days, another 150 were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Wow. Amen. And he laid hands on the sick each night for healing. And one night, a couple brought their only child to be prayed for. And Brother Hagin said that both of his feet were clubbed and they were deformed. And he prayed for him and he said he opened his eyes and the feet were just as deformed as they were to begin with. And Brother Hagin said to the parents, if it'll help you, I'll tell you this. I have a stronger anointing to minister to this boy than I've had with others before him in this prayer line. Now watch, he's telling them something. That healing anointing is stronger on me to minister to your son than anybody else. And he said, I'm just going to hold his feet in my hands for a few minutes. And after holding those feet in his hands... He said he opened his hands and looked again and they were just as crippled and deformed as before. So he said this to him. He said, if it'll help you any, I felt the healing power go out of my hands into that child's feet. If it'll help you any. And then he said to them, listen, keep the switch of faith turned on. And every time you think of it, you say, the healing power of God has been ministered to those feet and it is working in them right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know why we don't fear disease? Because the healing power of God's working right now. Praise God. Amen. And no matter what comes up and no matter what they come up with or no matter what they say, you don't ever interrupt that flow by saying something contrary to what the Word of God said. Amen. Well, several weeks later, Brother Hagin was ministering in Tulsa. And while he was there, the son of the pastor of the church that he was at came and uh, got up to give the testimony of the couple with that little boy. And he said they had come back to his dad's church and asked to show the child and to testify. They brought the child to the front of the church and both of his feet were perfectly normal, perfectly healed. And they said something. This was their testimony. They said, we did just what Brother Hagin said. Every time we would look at those feet, we would say, thank God, the healing power was ministered last Thursday night to our child's feet, and that power is working in those feet right now to effect a cure. Amen. You know, Jesus said, you got to say something. 
Because when you speak words, you're assigning the power of God. Brother Camps would say this, whatever you say, let it stay said. Amen. He, he said, remember he said he was, uh, he was, he was uh, 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 praying and he was telling the Lord how bad everything was. And the Lord said to him, he said, what are you doing? And he said, it kind of hurt my feelings because I told the Lord why I'm praying. He said, no, you're not. He said, all you're doing is telling me everything the devil's doing. And he said, there's no power in telling me what the devil's doing. He said, matter of fact, I'd appreciate it if you'd quit telling me all the devil's doing. Amen. And he said, you got to get over here and you got to be praying the word and you got to be declaring the word. Amen. Because you got to give it an assignment. And, 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 and he said nothing was going right. Everything was going wrong. And he said he got recall of everything he had been saying. And he said, he said I'd plant my cotton deep. And I'd say, now watch. It'll, it'll come a rain and it'll rot in the ground. And he said, you know what happened? It come a rain and it rotted in the ground. He said, so then I'd replant it and plant it more shallow and I'd say, now a freeze will come and kill it. And a freeze came and killed it. Now think about that for a moment. It's not just negative and positive. You are assigning power, the power, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And if you say it's going to die, it's going to die. If you say it's going to live, it's going to live. Because you're assigning the power to it. How do you assign the power? With your mouth. Amen. And he said, they said, we did that for three days and three nights. And after the third day, the feet began to change. Little by little, they changed until they were perfect as they could be. Little by little, they changed until they were as perfect as they could be. But what did they keep doing? Nope. Thursday night, hands were laid on our child. The healing power was ministered. The healing anointings flowing in their body, in his body. Amen. It's, it's working in his feet to effect a cure. They kept the switch of faith turned on. Now, the switch of faith consist of two elements. Number one, the healing power of God has been administered. Hands were laid on you. You laid hands on yourself. You declared over yourself, whatever it may be. You received it. The healing power of God has been administered. Now, let me say something. I don't care if people get in every prayer line we have. I, uh, to me, that's not evidence of a lack of faith. But if hands were laid on you once, then you should believe you received them. Everything else is just an act of you believing that the more times I have hands laid on me, just the better off I'm going to be. But I, I, I'm not going up there because I'm not healed. I'm going up there 
in obedience to what the Word says. Amen. But the healing power of God has been administered. Number two, the healing power is working mightily in my body to recover my body from its sickened condition. The switch of faith consists of those two elements. Number one, the healing power of God has been administered. Number two, the healing power is working in my body to recover my body from its sickened condition. That's the two elements of the switch of faith. I had the healing power administered and it's working right now. It's working right now. We came in tonight and turned the lights on and they're working. They're working. Right now, they're working. So, so think about that. When hands were laid on you, the switch of faith was turned on and the light of healing started flowing in your body. It's flowing right now. It's flowing right now. Amen. It's flowing right now. Don't turn the light out. Remember what Brother Hagin said? He had found Mark 11, 22 through 24. And he is uh, 16 years of age. He's, he's partially paralyzed from at least the waist down, many, many times from the chest down. He can't hardly talk. And he's wanting a preacher to come by so that he can ask him if Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24 is true. And he said, you'll remember finally the third one they asked came by. And he said, when he came in, he said, I could see a shadow. I knew somebody was in the room. And he said, normally, I wouldn't have that good a hearing. He said, but I believe the devil helped me hear real good that day. Because he said, I was trying to ask him to get my Bible and and tell me if Mark eleven twenty three and 24 is, is real. And he said, instead of helping him, that man took his hand and patted his hand and said, just be patient, my boy. It'll all be over in a few more days. What struck me in that was, number one, the callousness of that minister. But secondly, Brother Hagin said something. He cut the light off on me. He said he turned the light off. The entrance of your word, Psalm 119 verse 130, gives light. The entrance of the word gives light. If you don't cut the light off, it just keeps going. Amen. And it took him weeks. It took him weeks to get back over and get the switch of faith turned on. Oh, I'm glad he did. Oh, I'm glad he did. Because what he said has changed our life. Amen. So right now, the healing power is working. It's flowing. The light's on. Don't cut the switch off. Well, how do I cut the switch off? Well, I don't feel any better. You just turn the light off. How about this? Oh, I, I, I know hands were laid on me. I just wish I could feel better. You just turn the light off. Well, if I just felt better, if you felt better, you would have natural sense knowledge that would prove to your natural man that you were healed and it would not be faith because you could feel it. Faith is I don't feel it and I don't see the results, but I believe it nonetheless. It is not faith to say, I will be healed. 
if hands have been laid on you, you're healed. Glory to God. We judge whether a person has the switch of faith on by determining what they believe in two areas. Number one is, do they believe that the healing power was given to them when they were prayed for? Do they believe that the healing power flowed through them when they were prayed for? That's, that's, that's the first of the two areas. Secondly, do they believe that the power is working in them now to drive out sickness and disease? That, <clears throat> the answer to those two questions determines whether the switch of faith is on. Amen. If, if you'll ask people that, well, did the power of God flow in you when you had hands laid on you? Well, now, you know, I don't know. I didn't feel nothing. They don't believe it did. There's no scripture that says when hands are laid on you that you're guaranteed to feel the power of God flow through you. Jesus said the lowest form of faith was faith that needed a, a sensory sign. They said, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. That's what the Word said. That He would rise after the third day. And they came, they said, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. He appeared to us. You weren't here, but He appeared to us. And Thomas said, unless I put my finger in His hand, my hand in His side, I won't believe. Not I can't. I won't. Amen. See, Thomas did not have the switch of faith on. Now, the Lord's merciful. The next day, Jesus showed up, and Thomas was there. And he said, Thomas, come here. Put your fingers in the holes in my hands. Put your hand in my side, and don't be faithless. What does that mean? Even though you felt something, it doesn't mean you're in faith. It's possible to be faithless having felt something. Feeling does not produce faith. Don't be faithless, but believing. Believing what? Believing what I said. Don't be faithless in what I said. Your circumstances in your body, in your health, are working to make you disbelieve what God said. God said you are healed. God said when hands were laid on you, you would recover. God said when hands were laid on you, that you would be saved from that sickness and the Lord would raise you up. Now, don't be faithless. Keep on believing that. Yeah, but nothing's getting better. Says who? Who says it's not getting better? Who told you it wasn't getting better? Amen. Who said that? Well, I can just tell. Tell what? You can tell what? 
how, how do you tell it? How, how do you perceive it? Well, the pain's not any less. Okay, but just because the pain's not any less, does that mean the healing power's not working? No. Who told you the healing power wasn't working? Amen. Nothing's changing. Who said? Who said that? Who told you nothing was changing? Is the healing power working? Is it flowing in your body? Yes, it is. Then something's changing. It's affecting a cure in me right now. Glory to God. Amen. That's a good place. That's a good place to take your bunny slippers off the coffee table and shout a while. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So was it ministered when hands were laid on you? Yes, it was. Pa- Pastor Michelle sits here tonight, and it wasn't a physical healing testimony, but, but uh, uh, when she went into that revival meeting that my parents were holding, and my dad came back and looked at her and said, Young lady, do you want help? And I always like to say it this way, for a split second of time you were in your right mind, and you stood up and were able to say, I want help. And he laid hands on her, and the power of God flowed through her and drove that addiction completely out of her body. Is that how it happened? Just that quick. Amen. Now, you know, there were times she had to remind herself that you'd been set free. Am I right? The thoughts would come. The feelings would come. But you would say, nope, I was set free. And she, what day were you saved? About what time in the evening? Seven, eight o'clock? So August what? When? And man, when something that powerful happens to you, you remember where you were. You remember the people you were with. You remember the date. You remember the year. Why? That's when everything changed. The power of God came into my body. And she could get up off that floor that night saying, I am no longer an addict. I am set free by the power of God. Because she felt it, because there was so much evidence, or because she knew that that power had flowed. Mm. She, listen, if you, one time there was a, a young man, and he was working with a group of us men at the church, and uh, we were rewiring uh, 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 a light. And the person you're watching tonight, you know I'm talking about you. And, and we, were, we were setting up a, uh, a screen, this was way back in the day, for it to, to come down and go back up. And we had to wire it in the attic. And, uh, and he was up there with the wires that were hooked to that switch. And, and the guy that, that, that was working uh, uh, with us, he knew he had a hold of the wires. And so he would turn, reach over and turn that switch on. And, and from down below, you'd hear, huh, huh, huh. And then you'd stop it, stop, quit that. <laughs> and they'd wait a little bit, and then you'd hear, huh, and he'd hit him again. We knew there was power in those lines because we could hear it. He could feel it. Amen. Hallelujah. All these years later, over 20 years later, I can still tell you there was power in those lines. Why? Because he felt it. Amen. It flowed into him. The power of God flowed into her. 
And all these years later, nearly 30 years later, you know you've been free nearly 30 years. 30 years later, 20 years later, 28 years later, she's still free. And that power flowed through her 28 years ago. Why is she still free? Kept the switch of faith turned on. Amen. Am I helping you? The second is, do you believe that power is working in you now to drive out sickness and disease? See, that, that is evidence that the switch of faith is on. Amen. That couple believed the healing power had been administered to those feet, and they believed the healing power was working mightily in those feet. And every time they thought about it, they said, thank God the healing power was ministered last Thursday night to our child's feet, and that power is working in them right now to effect a cure. The power of God's working in you right now to effect a cure. Amen. Right now to effect a cure. And, and we've got prayer requests that people text in and called in, and we're going to lay hands on them and pray. But here's the thing. The power of God is working right now to effect a cure. Or if you've been healed, to keep you healed. Because you've got to keep the switch of faith on. It takes faith to get healed, and it takes faith to stay healed. Amen. This couple's confession of what they believed kept the healing power active and working until after three days those feet started changing. Watch three days if the rest of your child's life they're healed. Watch three days if you go the rest of your life and never deal with that again. Once you've been prayed for, well, let me say this. Their loyalty to their belief that the healing power was administered and their confession of what they believed kept the power flowing. What you say is what you believe. Amen. If, if people would keep that in their mind, what I'm saying is evidence of what I believe. Hallelujah. Well, yeah, I had hands laid on me, but you know, I just don't, I just don't, huh, now I just don't feel good. I mean, I felt better, but now I, you know, all those feelings are back. I just don't feel good again. That's, that's what you believe. You believe that your feeling is evidence that you're not healed. Amen. It's like the, the, the Rhema instructor that was believing God for 2020 vision. And had thick glasses. Could, could not legally drive without his glasses. Could not see. And uh, every day when he would be done with his class, there was a clock at the back of the room. And he'd take his glasses off and set them down and try to read that clock. Never could. And he'd say, thank God the healing power is working. My eyes are being restored in Jesus' name. And he'd put his glasses on and drive home. 
And the next day, he'd teach his class, take his glasses off, couldn't read that clock. He'd say, thank God, the healing power is working in my body, restoring my vision to 2020. And he'd put his glasses on and go home. You know, after a number of days, a number of weeks of saying that, the day came when he, put his, he, he took his glasses on, looked at that clock, saw it perfectly, saw everything perfectly, left his glasses there and drove home. But what was he saying every day? Thank God, the healing power of God's working, restoring my vision to 2020. He didn't, he didn't think it was doubt or unbelief to wear his glasses and declare the word of God. You might be on medicine. You might be t- taking different things. As you take it, you thank God that the healing power is working in your body right now. It is restoring you to wholeness. That medicine is holding the symptoms down, but the word of God is restoring you to wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen? Whoo! Once you've been prayed for, from that moment on, you should be believing and talking about the healing power of God that's in you. Mm, I was prayed for. The healing power of God's working in my body right now. That keeps the switch of faith turned on. And and as you do that, all worry and fear is going to be dealt with. Going to be dealt with. Amen. Uh, One time in Birmingham, Alabama, Brother Hagin was there for a meeting. uh, All Faiths Crusade. And uh, in the Birmingham Convention Center, if I remember correctly. And uh, there was a, uh, a man there in a wheelchair, paralyzed. And uh, he had been paralyzed because in his uh, uh, years before Christ, uh, he had uh, uh, kind of found himself on the wrong side of the law. And he had been shot in an altercation with the police and it had severed his spinal column. So he was not just injured. There was a separation there. And he's paralyzed. And uh, he started coming to those meetings at the beginning of the week And Brother Hagin said, we're going to pray for those in wheelchairs on Friday night. We're going to pray for them on Friday night. Well, he's wheeling himself out of the convention center, and he looks at the usher and says, Friday night's my night. I'm I'm walking home Friday night. I'm coming out of this chair Friday night. People would see him, and he'd say, Friday night's my night. I'm coming out of this chair on Friday night. Coming out. People would talk to him. He'd say, I'm coming out of this chair on Friday night. Amen. Now notice, what's he doing? He's not feeling that power yet, but when it starts flowing, he's giving it an assignment. Too many people try to work something up when they really need something that they haven't spent any time working and generating. The reason the Bible tells us about measures of faith, great faith, little faith, no faith, weak faith, strong faith, it's up to me. If my faith is weak, it's my fault. God didn't give anybody weak faith. If my faith is strong, it's because I've worked it. If I have little faith, it's because I haven't added to it. If I have great faith, it's because I added to it. 
Amen. I got, I got in the word about it. Every time that man said, I'm walking out of here Friday night, something is happening in his spirit. His spirit is becoming a proper receptacle for that fire that's going to flow and that healing anointing that's going to flow. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And so Friday night came, and they have all these people in wheelchairs, six or seven of them on the platform. Amen. And Brother Hagin, the Lord let him know it's time to pray for people. And he went down the line laying hands on people. And, and some of them made some effort to get up. And, and, and he was laying hands on them. And, and I have a friend that was there in the meeting. His church was helping sponsor that meeting. He's a Raymond graduate. And he said he got to that man in the wheelchair that, had, that was paralyzed. And he said when Brother Hagin laid hands on him, not only could you almost see the fire fly, you could hear it. It popped. When he laid hands on him. And he said that man shot up out of that wheelchair. Shot up and stumbled. Well he hadn't walked in years. Stumbled and fell over on an usher. And him and the usher fell out. And, but, but the man got up under his own power. Ran all over that stage. And walked out of that Colosseum that night. Amen. He assigned the power of God. And he kept the switch on all week. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see that? There, there was a couple. Uh, uh, I was privileged. My dad's best friend uh, drove from the state that they, they live in to come down to be at his home going. And uh, uh, Brother Norman Gallimore. And in 1978, 1978, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, my parents, we, we went to uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, actually King George, Virginia. It's not too far from Washington, D.C. It's right there in King George County. And uh, we went there for a meeting. Uh, well, it was in the middle of winter, uh, January, and uh, boy, a snowstorm had hit. I mean, ice storm, snowstorm. And uh, uh, the, the first night we were there scheduled to have the meeting, uh, uh, we were scheduled to start the next night, I should say, and, of course, my dad talked to him and said, you know, brother, we understand if you need to cancel the meeting. He said, no, brother Steele. He said, uh, they'll be on the roads tomorrow. We'll, you know, we're used to it. We were living in Florida at the time. We're used to it. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll have the meeting. Well, and sure enough, they did. Man, the power of God hit. We had a 31-day revival, 31 nights, 31 straight nights. And that building was packed out. I mean, jam-packed. People were standing up around the, 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 the walls. They had the windows open and people were looking in the windows. People were sitting in the windows. It was so packed they had to put all the kids on the platform to sit. There, there, there was barely room to preach. And a Catholic couple drove from a long way off. They heard about the meeting and they drove from a long way off and they brought their four-year-old child that had never walked, never had walked. Could, could not walk, ever had it walked. And my dad was preaching, and uh, uh, he went up, and now watch, and, and took that child in his arm, and for an hour and a half, held that child and preached with it. Four-year-old baby, child. Well, there's two things that you see here. Number one, they assigned the power of God by coming, showing up. 
You know, sometimes when you get up, you're, you're watching on live stream tonight. There's a lot of things you could be doing. You could be binge watching something right now. You could be sitting eating cheese puffs and drinking Mountain Dew. But you're watching the service. You, you, you've got your mind set for something else. Right now, you're assigning the power of God to your home. You're assigning the power of God to what you need. Amen. They, they came and they assigned the power of God. And then when my father picked that child up, that healing anointing started flowing. Started flowing. Amen. He preached with that child for an hour and a half. And then he just stopped. Amen. And said, in the name of Jesus, walk. And set that child down that ran all over that church. Totally healed by the power of God. Had never walked, could not walk. Was medically impossible for that child to walk, but it ran all over the building. I was there. I saw it with my own two eyes. Amen. Assigning the power of God and keeping the switch of faith turned on. Thank you, Jesus. Do, do you see that? Glory to God. I, I, I know a dear woman that was, that was standing believing God for some things and still is believing God for some things, and we're believing with her. But, but, but I will never forget. I will never forget. I was walking uh, uh, back to check on the children's ministry one Sunday morning, and this woman had come and and, and when she came through the back door, uh, what she was believing for, uh, uh, there was some mobility issues. And when she came through the back door, uh, things were seizing up. And I walked around the corner just as I walked in. I heard her saying this, Legs, you are going to walk in Jesus' name. The hands were laid on me. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. A couple minutes later, everything unseized, and she said, good morning, pastor, and walked into church. Now, I have absolutely no doubt that what she's standing in faith about right now is going to happen to her. Praise God. Amen. Are you following me? But, you know, there was another woman one time that was believing God for healing. And I told her to say, thank God hands were laid on me and I'm healed. And she wouldn't do it. No, I'm just, I'm not going to do that. She stayed sick. She cut the switch of faith off. It doesn't matter how great of a healing anointing is flowing, and it's strong right now. It doesn't matter how great of a healing anointing is flowing. It's up to me whether or not it ever makes a connection with me. Why? Because I don't operate in a stronger anointing than Jesus. I operate in His anointing. But not a greater measure. And there were people that He couldn't heal. Because they wouldn't flip the switch on. Hallelujah. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus? The incarnate Son of God, there were people He couldn't heal. Didn't say He wouldn't, He couldn't. Because they wouldn't flip the switch faith on. The Lord helped me with that years ago. 
Amen. Because I want to see everybody healed. I want everybody healed. But I've laid hands on people before, and I know I'm praying in faith. I know what I believe, and yet they didn't get healed. And the Lord helped me with that one time. He said, don't worry about it, son. Everybody I, everybody I, everybody I ministered to didn't get healed. I'm not responsible for the healing. In a measure, the recipient is responsible for whether or not they receive. My job is to minister healing. Their job is to receive it. Amen. Do you see that? So I've got to assign the power of God. So tonight, watching online, under the sound of my voice, whatever you're believing God for, and it doesn't matter what it is, I can assign the power of God.